C.L. Bryant Show on the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us today as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation, America, right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. And it is a great day in the USA. Hey, folks, before we get into the show today, I just got to tell you something that uh, I I just can't sit still, can't be quiet about. Uh, As all of you know, that uh, Jane and I both are people of faith. And um, one of the reasons why we moved up to Colorado was not only uh, to expand a footprint and all that type thing, but because uh, it was an ideal place, uh, we thought, for her to uh, convalesce, recuperate, and uh, uh, you know, we spend our lives together here. And uh, so the other day, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, my wife, um, as you all know, is a breast cancer survivor. And um, she is um, uh, valiantly, valiantly fighting it. And um, we uh, ran into an obstacle where she was really, really ill. I mean, really ill. And so um, uh, a week ago this past Saturday, this week ago this past Saturday, I um, called my children, all of our children, together and um, let them uh, hear the the news that we had to report about um, uh, our our mother, our grandmother, wife, you know, uh, my wife, uh, my companion for 46 years in April, 46 years. I mean, she was down, really weak, really down. Got the kids on the phone, uh, and it was a big tear fest and all that type thing. So uh, we prayed. And, of course, I had notified my pastor. I talked to my pastor. And I want to thank him for coming up and uh, being with us um, over the weekend. Uh, He and his family going uh, to do some uh, letting the hair down a little bit here in, in the Rockies. He came, we prayed, my children and I, we prayed on the phone for my wife's recovery. Well, that was uh, a week ago, Saturday, this past Saturday. This past week, in seven days, I'm talking about the power of Almighty God. I'm talking about the healing power of Almighty God. Hear me now. Uh, we're going to get to all the, you know, the hallelujah stuff and all the Trump stuff and the Bloomberg stuff here. But I got to tell you this. 
within seven days. And on the seventh day, actually, uh, she and I were out gallivanting around almost like old times. We're not uh, ignoring the fact that uh, Jane still uh, does is a breast cancer survivor. We, we, we're, we're not ignoring that fact that she's a breast cancer survivor. But uh, we're certainly not ignoring the fact that uh, our God is an awesome God. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and that great, great is our God. And uh, anyone who is a believer and believes that, you can uh, say amen. Well, hey, listen, folks. Um, <laughs> when I consider people who are running for office, used to we really, really wouldn't think about it. I guess John Kennedy, well, he wasn't a billionaire. Uh, the Kennedy family may have, been a, may, may have owned billions. But um, John Kennedy himself, was he was a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. There's no doubt about it. He was rich. <laughs> oh, John F. Kennedy was rich. And I guess uh, Franklin Roosevelt had plenty of money. Had plenty of money. Teddy Roosevelt had plenty of money. Many of our founding um, presidents. They all had money. They had money. Um, very comparable to what, you know, presidents uh, that are running for office today would be worth if um, it was all, um, you know, put out there, laid out there from with the, you know, inflationary adjustments and all that type thing. George Washington, Jefferson, uh, probably just as just as wealthy as. um Trump or Bloomberg, maybe Trump, but Bloomberg, well, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> and that brings me to what I want to talk to you about. Now, you know, and I know that people like Trump and Bloomberg, when it comes to um, knowing what to expect from the media, they they're very savvy when it comes to that. Make no mistake about it. They're they're very savvy when it comes to that. But this is the thing that most people uh, don't take into account. Most candidates, most politicians don't take into account. Uh, they take into the into account what the media is going to say and how that's going to be reported. And they have in mind what they're going to say in response to what is being uh, thrown out by the media. But what most of the time they are not in uh, in attuned to is what the we the people are truly going to say and certainly think, especially when you, you, we're looking at a, a character like Mike Bloom, uh, former mayor Mike Bloomberg of New York City. Stop and frisk Mike. Throw him against the wall and, uh, hey, y'all, stop, um, you know, arresting uh, so many white people. Start arresting more black people. Because, uh, you know, hey, listen, why? Why, Mayor? Why? Because that, that's where the crime is. Now, <laughs> there is some. Anyway, the hypocrisy of the liberals is capsulized in that. You can argue whether Bloomberg's right or wrong. Doesn't matter. He's not mayor anymore. But the hypocrisy 
of liberalism is capsulized in Bloomberg. No doubt about it. And not only that, uh, he he has to worry about whether people are going to think um, about um, this thing that Kellyanne, Kellyanne Car- um, Conway, says that Bloomberg has a history with female workers worse than Hollywood access remarks. Oh, yeah. You see, the one thing... Uh, I guess it it runs a close second or third to being called a racist or an Uncle Tom or whatever you want to, however you want to put that in in this world today. Um, the one thing that is really really important to uh, understand is that you don't want to be called in present day America a misogynist, do you? No, no, oh no, no, you don't want to be called a misogynist in present day America. And, and Mike Bloomberg, however, very well may uh, be being branded. And it's coming out of the Trump campaign because this is Kellyanne. And don't think that this is not by design. Okay. I mean, you know, hey, everything that comes out by someone who is spoken, who is in the campaign, believe me, it's by design. It's designed. And, uh, you know, that's a well, the, the, the president has a very well oiled machine. And so this comes out uh, about Mike Bloomberg and, and, you know, the president said that he'd rather run against Mike than he run against, than run against uh, Bernie because Bernie has at least some organization that's significant. Bernie has significant organization and the president's saying, heck, he'd rather run against Bloomberg than run against uh, Bernie. And you do know that most of winning is all, all about who organized and who uh, put uh, money in the right ad spaces. Mike Bloomberg alleged Mike Bloomberg's alleged misogynistic behavior with a pregnant worker in his business empire was worse, far worse than President Donald John Trump sexist comments caught on access Hollywood tape. Uh, White House counselor Kellyanne Conway said Sunday. Okay, now in an interview on Fox Sunday, uh, Kellyanne uh, said, uh, pointed out that the report, the reported history of Bloomberg's sexist comment about women, including an exchange with a pregnant saleswoman whom he asked if she'd kill it. Huh? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Bloomberg asked uh, this pregnant, obviously visibly pregnant saleswoman who worked for him if she'd kill it talking about the unborn child yet although uh, i think that too is a misnomer the unyet seen child because that child has been born into his mother's womb yeah it has been born into his mother's womb it just hasn't come forth for us to see it him or her yet yeah And so Bloomberg is saying these words. Would she kill it? Yeah. Bloomberg has denied her allegation under oath. And he reached a confidential settlement with the saleswoman 
the Washington Post noted. Now, something wrong with this picture. First thing wrong, Bloomberg denied he ever said it. Yet, in the same sentence, he reached a confidential settlement. <laughs> now, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. In one breath, we're talking about a business owner, a multi-billionaire, multi-billionaire, mogul, former mayor of New York City, Mike Bloomberg, throw him up against the wall, uh, Friscom, uh, stop and Friscom Mike, M- mini Mike. He denies that he said to a pregnant employee of his, would she kill it? But yet he settled with her confidentially. That was a cash settlement, evidently. Now, you don't have to wait for an election to be offended, Conway said, uh, adding. It's it's worse, far worse than the Hollywood access tip. Uh, The way Michael Bloomberg treated employees, uh, that the way the the workplace that that he had. I mean, this is Mike Bloomberg, one of the richest men in in the world. But yet the workplace that uh, it was reported to be unsafe. Huh? It, it, to to feel like you're being harassed because of your gender, that goes that's going to be um, problematic. Now, I'm, I'm sure in that settlement that Bloomberg had with this woman, there is no she can't be talking about this. I'm sure there is a clause there that says she's not going to be talking about this. Right now, uh, you don't have to wait for an election to be uh, offended, as Kellyanne said. Voters talk about what offends them. They care about what affects them. And that's what I was alluding to when I said to you that many times these candidates only consider what the polls are going to say. But the polls many times are not reflective of what of what we the people truly think and are saying at our kitchen tables to our friends. It it, it doesn't reflect that. And if a candidate is running, even though Bloomberg is rising in the polls, there's some things that's going on right now that can certainly stop him dead in his tracks. Oh, there's no question about that. And so this is one of them, because uh, I guess third in line to racist, you don't want to be called a misogynist, not in today's America. This can be very problematic. Uh, Kellyanne was was talking about this, Kellyanne Conway, and Conway also defended Trump's involvement with comments about Department of Justice cases, asserting other presidents have done so as well. It's not correct to say presidents have interfered, she said, noting President Barack Obama uh, commented on the Freddie Gray case. There's no doubt about that. Uh, The president has not asked or directed the attorney general to do anything, she said, but noted that Trump believes there's some 
uh, two-tiered criminal justice system and that it's um, evidenced in the case of former Deputy Director FBI Andrew McCabe. He lied, she said, to writing him over a small <laughs> potatoes. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's happening, folks. That's what's up. Bloomberg uh, is going to be under fire. And even though uh, some were hoping that he would be the savior of the Democrat Party, he's got problems. Now, there's one thing you can say about Bernie. Bernie uh, hasn't had any uh, revealed problems with women, has he? Not Bernie. Bernie's a socialist. He's honest about that. You know what? <laughs> just to, just to, you know, ruffle some feathers out there <laughs> for come for for just for just for uh, kicks. Um, regardless of what you may think about Bernie Sanders. This is what you have to look out for with Bernie Sanders. As far as his political ideology is concerned, he's an honest man. And friends, uh, you can believe this or not, that is attractive to young people. There is no, no guessing about Bernie Sanders' political ideology. He is a socialist. He's unashamed of that. He calls himself a democratic socialist. But <laughs> let's take it a step further. Uh, you know, as others have said, Lindsey Graham, others have said, I'm saying the president has said, and he's a communist. But this is this is what you better take into account when you uh, understand that you may not see Bernie Sanders coming because he has legions of people who are very attracted to his honesty. And and um, even though he is a communist, the unwashed, uninformed masses who are attracted to free stuff. Well, they're attracted to free stuff. And it has been said, I believe it is uh, Rush. Pray for Rush. Pray for Rush Limbaugh. But I believe it was Rush who said, you, you, you can't, uh, it's hard to run against Santa Claus. It's, it's tough to run. It's tough to beat Santa Claus in a race. And Bernie Sanders, to young people, is not only a Pied Piper, but, hey, he's Santa Claus. Trying to bring about a utopian-type society, by very definition, cannot possibly exist. Because you're dealing with social problems in that utopia. That involves people. We'll be back. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. are lifted high Our hearts are bowing in CL back with you on this great day in the USA right here on the CL Bryant show thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation shout out to our flagships uh, station Red State Talk, and uh, also to our friends over at Loving Liberty and Liberty Roundtable, along with the other terrestrials who replay us throughout the uh, day, twelve noon until two p.m. daily. Download free VCL Bryant Show. If you don't get both hours of the CL Bryant Show, wherever you listen, Utopia. <laughs> Utopia literally means um, no place. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's so great that uh, it's nowhere. Utopia. That's that's the meaning of it. Uh, it means no place. Nowhere now, uh, the Greeks uh, and God bless the Greeks. It um, means a good place to them, but it's an imagined place. Are you hearing me? The progressive liberals, with their giveaway policies, you know, um, everybody gets a turkey and uh, chicken every pot, car in every garage, college education for everyone. It's free. Go to the doctor whenever you want. Pay nothing. It's free. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're going to help you uh, with your housing. And you're going to be able to make, oh, shoot, uh, $30,000. I think it's $30,000 a year, whether you want to work or not. Utopia literally means nowhere. No place, which also means it's a place that does not exist. It's an imagined place. Utopia. Um, I think the Webster definition, here it is. Yeah, the Webster definition of that is an imagined place or state of things in which everything is perfect. Key and operative word, imagined. It's an imagined place. That is, you know, that is what uh, Lennon, when John Lennon, uh, the Beatles, um, John Lennon, co-founder of the Beatles, Lennon and McCartney, great poet John was, and he coined, he he um, um, pr- 
uh, authored a song called Imagine. And it was a song about utopia. You may say I'm a dreamer. And that's what it is. It's a dream. It's an imagined thing. Utopia is. But prophetically, Lennon was saying he's not the only one. He hopes someday. <laughs> Legions of people are joining that imagined place that Lennon sung about. And the iconic song, Imagine. No possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed. No hunger. A brotherhood of man. It's a utopia. It's an imagined place. And what you are falling prey to is the whim of people who want to live in that utopia. Are you hearing me? But... This is the end all to that particular pipe dream. And in case you don't know where uh, the the term uh, comes from, we're, we're talking about people who uh, used to do opium in uh, opium dens in many times in China area, Chinatown of larger places, I guess, San Francisco or New York or New Orleans. They'd smoke opium. They, they'd smoke. They'd hit the opium pipe, and they go to dream. They go dreaming, and sometimes they'd be able to remember what they dreamed, and they would tell people about their dream, their magical mystery tour dream, and um, that became known as pipe dreams. <laughs> they were high. <laughs> You know, and so the the uh, Democrats, the progressive liberals, are they high? Are, are these, because this is a pipe dream. A chicken in every pot of car in every garage not happening. Oh, you could try it. You could try it. You could try it. But it has been tried already. People have already tried this. And the fact of the matter exists. The fact of the matter is it has never worked any place that it has ever been tried. That utopia has never worked any place. Why? Because the definition, the very word itself means nowhere. It means no place. It's an imagined thing. It is nothing that's real. And the very fact that you would put people in utopia is an oxymoron. (laughs) Uh, You can't put people in no place or nowhere. Uh, And let's just say that uh, Utopia was a place or somewhere with the placing of you or I in it. 
Well, it's no longer utopia, is it? I, I'm talking about attitudinal instead of longitudinal. Yeah. So that's what they're trying to sell you. That's what Bernie's trying to sell you. And he's honestly trying to sell it. Bernie believes what he is selling. At least he makes us believe he believes it. You know, if Bernie really believed it, he'd give his money away because he is a millionaire. I wonder, I wonder, did Bernie give any of that money to border people at the border? Or, uh, you know, I wonder what Bernie did with that money that he got from that book, that bestseller book. Oh, yeah, Bernie, Bernie has a bestselling book. I wonder what he did that money made him a millionaire. Bernie was not a millionaire until he wrote the book. And you don't want to know something? Old Bernie, God bless him. He's 78 years old. Old Bernie. He's going to live the rest of his life. Um, whether he becomes president or not. If he, listen, Bernie should hope he loses the nomination of his party. He's certainly going to lose any race if he gets the nomination against Trump, but he should hope that he loses the nomination of his party. Now, this is the jaded side of me coming out, but hey, quite frankly, Bernie looks like he has less headaches, more money if he loses the nomination of his party. And he can cry for the rest of his life. They, uh, cheated me <laughs> him and hillary oh they could go on the tour this the the they I, I hillary could do the america cheated me tour bernie could do the democrat party cheated me tour and then they could come together on the stage and talk about how hillary cheated bernie out of the nomination how she should have never been the nominee herself it, now that's utopia that's no place that's not going to happen <laughs> That is just as much of a happening for us as Bernie Sanders becoming a, a moderate if he becomes president. But you know what? Um, there have been every just about every time a uh, president who looked incredibly liberal got into office, they found it a necessity to become moderate. But Bernie is so far to the left that I think the most moderate he could be is maybe, maybe Klobuchar moderate. But if you're going to go Klobuchar moderate, Knowing that if she became president, well, she won't ever be Trump. But look look out for her in 2024. If Klobuchar becomes moderate, why vote for Bernie? Uh, Amy, I think, presents much better than Bernie does. And um, you better watch out. They better. The Democrats better watch out for her anyway. Now, um, you put Klobuchar on the ticket with anybody, 
And that's going to be very interesting presidential debate, a vice president, vice president, vice presidential debate. Mike Pence, Amy Klobuchar, Midwesterners. Uh, that, you know, the, you will actually see American value left and right, right and left on display because both of them are from the Midwest. I'd love to see that debate because it would give America a, a great insight of an age bracket that uh, need to be heard from an age bracket that is indeed uh, coming into its own. Yeah, no doubt about it. Think about it. I mean, Donald Trump, um, Joe Biden, um, the Pied Piper, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. All of them are in their 70s. So the tier behind them would be in their 50s and 60s. And that's Mike Pence and Amy Klobuchar. And so um, that, that's going to be an interesting if, if Klobuchar is tapped for VP and uh, she's making a run. She's going to have a case to be on a ticket here soon. And that will be a very, very good vice presidential debate. Um Bernie cannot possibly stand on a debate stage with Donald John Trump without the mantra from Trump being one thing and one thing only. I don't care what Bernie says. <laughs> I don't I don't care what Bernie says. Bernie can bring up anything. The only thing Trump has to say is I'm standing next to a communist who wants to be president of the United States. That Trump, all he has to do, if Bernie Sanders gets the nomination, all Trump has to do is look into the camera. It does not matter what Bernie says. <laughs> Bernie can say anything, anything he wants about Trump. He can land a Joe Frazier-like left hook on Trump that seemingly should floor him, but it won't because all Trump has to do is look into the camera <laughs> at the American people and say, I am standing next to a communist on this stage who wants to be the American president. I am standing next to a socialist on this stage who wants to be the American president. Now, that will turn off those of us who many years, for many years, have been mobilized to go and vote. That will turn us off on uh, Bernie Sanders, we, it will mobilize us to go and make sure that Trump gets elected, right? Now, understand this. Now, hear me. There is a younger demographic of Americans who actually feel that socialism is a better form of government because they only take into account the free stuff. 
they believe will pay for this, it's who the Pied Piper has been telling them will pay for this. Who is the Pied Piper? Bernie Sanders. Bernie has been telling them that, and, and so is Elizabeth Warren. Oh, yeah. So is uh, Ocasio-Cortez, who may be primaried right out of the race, who you know might, might not actually get a second term. I've said on this show, I'll have to go find it. One and done. She's out. They're sick of her up there. But um, this is what they have been telling the young people. And young people are, are somehow buying the socialist idea. But the president does not have to really say anything other than I'm standing next to a communist, a socialist on this stage who wants to be president. That's why he would rather run against Bloomberg than Sanders, because Sanders does have an audience, a, a, a solid wall that believes in his message. And this is, and I'm going to talk about a little bit about this uh, on the home stretch of this first hour. Coming up after the um, first hour, after the news hour, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver, one of my colleagues, Black Voices for Trump. She is National Federation of Republican Women, as well will be my special guest. Linda always brings uh, enlightenment to the show. But when we come back from the break... I want to tell you again why Bernie Sanders can it can be dangerous as a political opponent. Even though there are many, many people who are prospering that were not just three and a half years ago, they were not prospering. They're prospering now. Human nature bends toward greed. Oh yeah, it, it is one of the, it is one of the things that uh, are the enemy of humanity. Some call him the devil, the evil. That, that's one of the things that 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 evil appeals to is is greed. <laughs> It happens in all types of ways. When I start talking about food or money, what is appealing to what what causes a a man to stumble is greed in many ways. And Bernie Sanders, socialist Bernie, communist Bernie, Marxist Bernie, understands. The human ben, bent toward greed. I'll be back in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. Thank you. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. Yes, I do. And I'm proud to be an American, not an American. Yeah, American. <laughs> it always reminds me of something. I was watching this. Um, I didn't see it all. I didn't see it all. So about uh, 30 minutes of this film. It was um, Pain and Gain with uh, Mark Wahlberg and um, The Rock. <laughs> and this guy, uh, Oriental guy, was leading this uh, get rich type seminar. And he says, people boil down to two types of people. The doers and the donters. <laughs> The doers and the donters. It was it was funny. And uh, before it was over, everybody was screaming, I'm a doer, I'm a doer. And, you know, the, the, the bottom, I guess, uh, really, in, in uh, bottom line, um, it does boil down to the doers and the donors, those who do and those who talk about it. Those who do it and those who talk about it. It boils down to that. Oh, and there's a world of people who talk about it. And they're the ones um, who are the greediest. The doers usually do it, yes, uh, initially, because it's something they want to do. But they, uh, a true doer realizes that in doing, you help others. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, advertly and inadvertently, you help others as you do. Um, donters, those who talk about it, the reason why greed can become a problem for them is because if they can get for free something they've al- always talked about, then. Uh, that's right down their alley. That, that, I mean, they, that's their utopia. There's still no place. There's still nowhere. They're still imagining through their talk what it could be about. But now someone comes along like Bernie. And this, what ma- this is what makes Bernie dangerous. Hear me. Bernie appeals to that type of greed. The greed in receiving something that you did not earn or work for. Now, 
the, the truth of the matter is there are many of us, uh, many people around the, the, the world who have inherited things from relatives, parents, grandparents, what have you. But this is the thing most people don't realize about those who inherit. You have to hold, hang on to, keep, fight for what you have inherited. Yeah, that's even when it comes to character traits. Um, you have to stay away from ideals that change and modify your character trait. Huh? Core values are a whole different thing, but they're uh, closely related to your character traits. Sometimes they are, they are hidden altogether. Core values, um, uh, always they come through in the as many times in the in the crunch, but they can be compromised, and that's what I'm talking about as far as the danger of a uh, Bernie Sanders. Your core values, American core values, have be, been being compromised for years now. Go all the way back Woodrow Wilson, further. And surely when we're talking about uh, fundamentally changing America, that itself speaks of compromising the core values of America. And this presidential election, that's what it's all about now. Understand, I do believe that black people are waking up. We're going to talk about this uh, with uh, Dr. Linda Lee Tauver on the other side of the, uh, the top of the hour. Yeah. Uh, the compromised values that were passed to us. I'm a, a full disclosure, black man in America who happens to be conservative uh, on the radio. And wherever else. <laughs> um, I know, having been on both sides of the street, hear me, former president, two-term president, NAACP, Garland, Texas, uh, 30 years ago, over 30 years ago, now, listen my core values were compromised because I believed, embraced something that was against my personal core values. I went along with the party line and the organizational line because I thought that's what I was expected to do. Not necessarily because I was all on board with it, but I wanted to uh, promote and um, help the people progress. It wasn't about me in that particular way of thinking. 
And it wasn't about me even when I was exercising that particular way of thinking. And that's where people make the mistake. That's where people go blind is that somehow we believe that the cause is all about us. No, the cause is about whoever is out front of it. Like Ocasio-Cortez in this Green New Deal. Somehow, uh, you know, and Bernie Sanders in this Green New Deal, even though Ocasio is saying, well, hey, that Green New Deal is going to cost a lot more money than maybe we thought it would, right? That's what she's saying, right? Okay, we'll check this out. (laughs) She's saying, well, Bernie may have to, you know, spend more money than he's saying on that. She even wakes, she's even waking up to understand that that thing's going to cost a whole lot of money. Which will never happen. Uh, First of all, Bernie's never going to be president. Ocasio, I don't know if she's ever going to get another term. But the cause that people are latching on to is not, it has nothing to do with them. Because, believe it or not, I don't care if you continue, if we continue to live our lives like we're living our lives in America today. And the Chinese continue to live their lives in a polluted environment, uh, especially in their large cities like they are today. If we did that, if we continue to do that, to live our lives the way we're living them right now, with everything, environmental protection and all that, just like it is right now, uh, we would be here 500 years from now. And uh, we'd still be rocking along. So what is the cause about? The cause is about putting money in their pocket and putting them in office. It's not about you. It's about getting you to believe that they know better for you. That's what the cause is about. You simply promote the cause, but is the cause, and this is always the question you got to ask yourself, is the cause reflective of you? Now, check this out. Check this out. This this, will really blow you away. The cause that the Tea Party was all about was absolutely about who I was about and what I'm about. That is why I was a member, a part of it. Because it was about we the people, promoting we the people. And, hey, we did get some good candidates out of that. Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, uh, you know, all, Thomas Massey. All of them came out of that movement. Yeah. All of them did. They came out of that movement. Donald Trump, uh, believe it or not, is a byproduct of what what that movement, that grassroots movement was all about. We were sick and tired of the way things were going on in D.C. and we wanted to change it. This president is actually the byproduct of that movement. Yeah. Hey, um, George Herbert Walker Bush, 
I never had anything good to say about, um, you know, never never said anything, you know, good, I don't think, about the uh, Tea Party movement. Uh, neither did John McCain. Uh, John McCain called us uh, loony birds, nut birds, or whatever it was, nutty birds, or whatever he called us. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is the first president that actually embraced the same type of policy. America first policy that we the people was all about. That's what that movement was all about. He has been a champion of the people, and hey, he's going to continue to be that. God bless him and, and spare him, and, and our prayers are with him, and he receives God's grace. It's, and that's another thing as far as religious liberty is concerned. There has been no greater champion of religious liberty in politics who has been president of the, of the United States than Donald John Trump. Let's, that's easy to know. It's, it's evident. There's no question about that. And so it is, folks. I thought that I was promoting a cause that was going to advance black folks. In fact, that's what the NAACP, the, acro- the, uh, the acronym is, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And I, I really like what uh, Reverend Richard Dockery said many years ago. Uh, he said that um, when asked, why won't, don't you change the name since, um, you know, colored seems to be offensive to some. Reverend Dockery answered, we will change the name. When we find a people that have no color or when the world becomes a place where people are not identified by color. Yeah, Dockery, we didn't agree on a whole lot of things, and I'm sure you gave the go ahead for my ouster uh, there with the NAACP. Yeah, but... I give you credit for that. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant show. So glad that all of you could come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Dr. Linda Lee Tarver will be my special guest on the other side of the break. I'll be back. 